millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Talk Radio's Drive Time. I'm Dan Wooten, and we're covering the continuing coronavirus pandemic. Dan's Dispatch on Talk Radio. Donald Trump's truly bizarre decision to announce to the world that he's downing hydroxychloroquine to try and fend off coronavirus, despite limited medical evidence of its effectiveness, may have dominated headlines today. But that is missing the real story. Hours later, the US president tweeted a damning letter he had sent to the head of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom detailing a succession of failures from the apparently independent body in its dealings with China as its government conducted one of the biggest cover-ups in history, Trump signed off with a zinger of a threat. Unless the World Health Organization proves its independence from China within 30 days, the US, which is by far the biggest contributor to its coffers, will make its temporary freeze on funding permanent. Trump might be known for hyperbole. But saying the World Health Organization has become China's puppet in recent months is not one of those moments. It can be backed up with disturbing evidence. His letter, in fact, spells out a succession of serious failures that I've been talking about on this show for weeks. It includes ignoring credible threats of the virus spreading in Wuhan in December or even earlier, then ignoring evidence indicating human-to-human transmission. Both of these calamitous decisions allowed the virus to spread internationally and become a pandemic that we now know has brought the world to its knees. President Xi's claim yesterday that his totalitarian regime has acted with, I mean, it's almost laughable. He said he said China has acted with openness, transparency and responsibility is as ridiculous as saying the country welcomes a free and democratic Hong Kong. It simply could not be further from the truth. Our government's compromised position might save us from the rough edges of China's trade repercussions, but it's not morally right. Australia's stance, which has been met with immediate sanctions and nasty threats from the China regime, Chinese regime, is trying to silence other governments, trying to scare other governments into silence. But the powerful new Chinese research group within the Tory party is right to say we shouldn't be frightened to ask difficult questions. And we shouldn't be frightened to make hard decisions regarding China. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab is making some of the right noises. We heard him make some of the right noises at the government briefing yesterday. But he needs to go further. Our entire economy, as we've just heard, is in terminal. In turmoil. Now is the time to make it clear we cannot accept economic dependence on such a dangerous regime that has put the entire world's health and economies under the biggest threat since World War II. Talk Radio. Across the UK, on DAB Digital Radio and online. Drive Time with Dan Wooden on Talk Radio.
But first, let me bring in Damien Green. He is, of course, a Conservative MP and the former First Secretary of State. It is great to have you on the show, Damien. I know you have obviously expressed strong views and you think the government does need to do more in terms of holding China to account? Well, I think, uh, I mean, in, in the issue of should there be an independent inquiry into where, where this pandemic came from, yes, of course there should be. But I also think we should be realistic about it. Do, you, do we think the Chinese government is going to let all their medical experts and scientists give open evidence to an international inquiry? I no. suspect not. So, no way. I, you know, I but isn't quite... the idea of what Donald Trump has done overnight is to make a very clear financial ultimatum to the World Health Organization? You either buck up your responsibilities, you reorganise, because of course the World Health Organization wasn't always some sort of Chinese poodle. That's only happened in recent months. So he's saying you either change or we pull out for good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you shouldn't just pull out. I think I think we should try and exert leverage because um, America particularly, but other countries as well, like ours, contribute significant amounts of money into the WHO and you know, the WHO does a lot of good around the world. But but clearly, it can't just be used as a vehicle for covering up uh, what looks like Chinese responsibility uh, for this. So, you know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm glad the Americans are exerting pressure. I hope they do it in an effective way. But I think, I mean, this is part of a wider point that, that I always make, which is that you, we need a complete reset of our relations with China, that um, basically for 50 years we proceeded on the assumption that if you brought China into the world economy, we bought stuff from them, they bought stuff from us, then they would gradually become um, an, a normal country. They'd look after their own interests, like we all do, but yeah, they would, broadly speaking, play by the rules. And surely now that illusion has been stripped away from everyone, that the Chinese don't play by the same rules. They just regard themselves as an adversary of Western values and Western countries. And so we've got to accept that that's the reality of life. And although we'll need to continue trading with them, we shouldn't, for example, have a lot of our big companies and big industries dependent on Chinese goods uh, as the, the basics of their supply chain. Because if we do that, then they have got a huge lever over us and, and you know, we will end up uh, effectively as, as colonies of China, which would be a, a, a terrible historic position. What do you make of the way they've treated Australia since uh, the Aussie PM Scott Morrison called for this independent inquiry? Because I have to be honest, I've been shocked and I've, I've, I've been disgusted. It's not just the introduction of tariffs on Australian barley and the refusal to now take Australian beef from certain abattoirs. It's also the threats that have been coming from the Chinese ambassador to Australia, essentially telling Chinese citizens to stop sending their children to Australian universities. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bullying. It's it's straightforwardly that it's, you know, we're a big country. You've done something that's displeased us. And, and nothing that, like, I mean, you know, if, if Australia had put tariffs on Chinese goods, then you expect some kind of retaliation. But to do that just in return for a prime minister calling for an inquiry is clearly just unacceptable bullying behaviour. And, you know, whether it's Australia or Britain or anyone else, you know, the same rules apply that if you allow yourself to be bullied, then the bully yeah. will get worse. If you if you stand up, uh, then in the end, that's that's the only way to get rid of a bully. What do they have to hide? Well, I, I mean, the, the, the best guess seems to be that this pandemic started because of their wet markets. Their you know the way they they sell fresh food alongside live animals and. 
we know that. Despicable, those markets. They're despicable. But what about what about this American intelligence theory that actually there may have been some sort of, uh, I guess, dodgy experiment going on in this laboratory in Wuhan, and it was from there that it transferred into the animal market nearby? Well, the Americans have said this, and they've said they'll produce the evidence for it. They haven't produced the evidence for it in public. Um, I've I've not met anyone uh, inside government who says they've seen any evidence that this has happened. So I think, frankly, sensibly, let's let's reserve judgment on that. Partly because it doesn't need to be deliberate. The, the Chinese knew how dangerous these markets were uh, because they they were the outbreak of previous epidemics yeah. we've had. Um, so there's no excuse for not closing them down. No. Um, they haven't closed them down. We've had another, you know, the biggest global health disaster for a century. Um, and so it's pretty clear where ultimate responsibility lies. And yet all the arguments we have in this country about how well or how badly the government is doing are irrelevant to, towards the fact that this whole global pandemic, which is ruin, you know, killing people and ruining livelihoods all over the globe, um, is down to neglect, at best, neglect by uh, a Chinese government that has enough power um, to, to, you know, to turn on the six months. They could close those markets down in a day across the country ten years ago. So, if you were back in your old job, if you were in Dominic Raab's shoes right now, would you be upping the rhetoric? Because, look, he, he's he's going a little bit further, and I was pleased to see what he said yesterday, which seemed to be slightly tougher. But if you compare what he has said to what the Australian Foreign Minister has said, for example, he has been a lot more measured. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't mind senior politicians being measured. I think you know it's it's relatively easy to up the rhetoric. Um, I you know I'm more interested in the substance, and I, I don't think it, you know it's going to happen tomorrow. But at some stage, I will want to hear a British Prime Minister or the British Foreign Secretary making a clear, calm speech, saying this is our new attitude to China, and within that, and this is how we're going to behave differently. Uh, and as I say, it doesn't just require a different stance or rhetoric from government. It requires a lot of our private sector to behave in a different way so that they don't automatically look for cheap raw materials or, or, or early manufactured goods from China. Actually, look around the world for other places where you can source more cheaply, which will mean that the Chinese have less leverage over us for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, because I think we need to think long term the way the Chinese think long term. And, and I want to see a, a, a complete change and a coherent policy. I think that's that's frankly more important than upping the rhetoric now. Talk Radio. Drive time with Dan Wooden. On Talk Radio. First President Trump stunned reporters last night at a press conference on the alien restaurant industry when he made an announcement that was highly unexpected. Have a listen. And a lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. And you'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, 
for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. A lot of doctors take it. I take it. Now, I hope to not be able to take it soon because, you know, I hope they come up with some answer. Now, hydroxychloroquine has indeed been around for a while. However, the American Food and Drug Administration has announced as recently as last month that the drug has not been shown to be a safe and effective means of treating coronavirus. So should he really be taking this drug unadvised? To discuss this and also uh, the president's position on the World Health Organization, I'm joined by Bob McEwen, who is a former Republican congressman, and Dr. Sarah Jarvis, a GP and clinical director of patientaccess.com. Uh, congressman, what did you make of this? Are you, are, are you taking hydroxychloroquine first up, <laughs> I guess I should ask. No, no, I don't have to meet with hundreds of people every day, but uh, so I, I'm not taking anything. But uh, obviously something that's been around that long and used that for many purposes, it's natural to say it hasn't been tested for this virus because this virus is just a matter of months old. So it's obviously a safe in, uh, uh, answer. But if they... Uh, want to use it, then obviously they can. There have been so many you reports support been this successful. decision, even though potential side effects, which I know Dr. Sarah Jarvis will talk about, include heart attacks, which, you know, may be more of a worry than coronavirus for President Trump. Well, I was speaking with a general last night uh, who has been taking it for 30 years because of his travels in malaria areas and things. And, and uh, if suddenly it only has all of these horrible side effects when Donald Trump expresses support for it. So I'll be anxious to hear how they apply. Dr. Sarah Jarvis, firstly, congratulations for all of the brilliant work you've been doing on uh, Channel 5 over the course of, of this crisis. It's been absolutely fascinating. I imagine, based on everything I've heard you say, uh, that you're quite concerned about the message that Trump taking hydroxychloroquine sends out. I don't get involved in politics, and I absolutely do not expect politicians to know what they're talking about when they express medical opinions. And when the congressman says, oh, we've used it for 30 years, nobody's had any concern. Bob McEwen, how would you respond to that? That, in fact, actually, there isn't anything medically proven at this point. And actually, could it not be dangerous? Because there could be a lot of people that are inspired by President Trump's decision to take hydroxychloroquine. Well, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's lost its patent, which means it's very cheap. And uh, the, the substitutions that they're trying to recommend are $1,200 and above per usage. And so the drug companies are going to constantly say, oh, you don't want to use this safe one that's around here. Uh, so at the doc, my own personal physician, we had this conversation uh, 48 hours ago. And, uh, and he's had excellent, perfect success with it. Uh, there, hopefully we'll have something better. But uh, rather than being snide about it, it, it when, when people are ill, why not try something that is a proven safe uh, uh, help? Uh, and why not uh, see if it works when we know it's not going to hurt? And then suddenly the heart attacks would only come if you're if you have this new virus and it doesn't come if you have malaria or lupus. Well, look, or, we've got Dr. They, Sarah Jarvis back now. So how do you hi. respond to that? I would say if it were safe, fine. If it was a perfect solution, as the congressman has just said, 
why do we need to keep looking for an alternative? And I don't think there was any answer to that. The simple fact of the matter is that Donald Trump, in this, as in so many other matters, does not know what he's talking about. His own Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration of the United States, has said this drug should never be taken to treat coronavirus except under very specific, tightly controlled conditions, and it should not be used to prevent coronavirus. The MHRA, which is the UK equivalent, has made it perfectly clear that this drug is not licensed for coronavirus. The simple fact of the matter is that people who have coronavirus, the American Conference of Cardiology, the ACC, which I'm sure the congressman is aware of, and indeed the European Heart Associations, have all said coronavirus can cause severe inflammation in the heart. If you add in a drug which is known to cause inflammation in the heart and QT prolongation, which is an abnormality of the heart rhythm, which can cause cardiac, which can cause cardiac arrest, then you are asking for trouble. So, the Congressman, this could actually be doing Donald Trump more harm than good. And he's Absolutely. your president. I presume you need him around. <laughs> Yes. Nobody had these concerns when when all the reports were how effective it was used. It was only until he made reference in a press conference about four or five weeks ago that suddenly all of this eruption came from the supporters of the of the drug industry that recognizing that this has lost its patent therefore it's very cheap it's very available people have been been using it for all these many years but uh, you know one of the things that he's done is the the right to choose and that is the the food and drug administration in america would not let drugs that have been proven to be effective but they hadn't passed on them yet it was against the law for people to use them so here the person is dying and here's an alternative that's available in Mexico or somewhere else, and they would, the rich could afford to travel, but they wouldn't let him use it. He passed a law that said you can willfully choose to ha- take this risk. If you're, if you're dying, you should be allowed to have that. Uh, this is the same sort of thing that if, if a person is in trouble, and why wouldn't we use everything possible? And for those who want to sit back, oh, no, we don't want to use this because you might, you might uh, injure your heart if you survive. Well, you know, that's uh, certainly allowed to have those caveats. So, Sarah Javis, what, so, so Sarah Javis, using that argument, is it not a personal choice? If someone looks at all of the facts and they think this might help me, actually, is that not freedom of choice? So it would be if it might help and it were licensed and doctors had not said. Now, the, the senator has managed to contradict himself three times so far. So far, we've had it's perfectly safe. Then he's had nobody had any concerns about it, really. If people didn't have any concerns about it, why do patients with lupus have to undergo regular examinations, regular blood tests to check that they don't get aplastic anemia, to check that they don't have problems with their eyes, which could make them blind, to check they don't have heart abnormalities and to check that they don't develop psychosis, all of which are known side effects of this drug. And then the next thing he said was, are you prepared? Why shouldn't people be allowed to take that risk? Well, he's just said a drug in the same state is safe, completely safe, has no side effects. People would take a risk if they were taking it. And I can't remember what the other one was, but they are completely contradictory statements. Well, let me give the final word to Bob McEwen. How do you respond? It, it wasn't contradictory at all. What I said was that the, the good doctor and, and others who are supportive of 
the industry that makes more money if they sell particular uh, solutions. They didn't make this claim that you just heard seconds ago. They didn't make that claim in, in December or in January or in February. None of this came to the fore until the president in his press conference made reference to it. Then suddenly they come leaping forward. That's what I said. There, there was no concern. There was no concern among the doctors that are prescribing it. And I think the alternative, uh, we're going to continue to get better and better things. But in the meanwhile, we shouldn't allow people to die because of a prejudice that some people have against a non-patented solution. Talk Radio. Across the UK, on DAB Digital Radio and online. Drive Time with Dan Wooden on Talk Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I should tell you to subscribe to this podcast because in these times of national corona crisis, we're still going to be with you every day on Talk Radio, breaking news on the virus, bringing you the most important newsmakers with practical advice you really need to know and hearing your opinions too. I'm not allowing any hysteria, but I would love you to contribute and tune in live every day too for so much more on Talk Radio between 4pm and 7pm every day. Talk to you tomorrow. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.